Failure is not an option. What difference at this point does it make? Nobody said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. It's a shame, not of this world, so we live on the run. We keep our eyes set, eyes on what is to come. It happened before, it will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have. This is Michael Brown, host of the Line of Fire radio broadcast and author of the brand new book, Jezebel's War with America. You are listening to my friend, Audrey Russo, on Real Talk Radio. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. South Africa is being decimated, but not a peep of condemnation from the leftist media or the West in general. Is it because it's African whites who are the victims of African blacks, and it doesn't support the globalist narrative? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest, direct from South Africa. For my new listeners... Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and chairman of the Reformation Society. He is the author of several best-selling books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam, The Historical Roots and the Contemporary Threat. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Audrey. Good to be back with Real Talk. Always great to have you with us. And Wow. Uh, The violence in South Africa appears to be at epic proportions. Peter, how did this begin, what we're seeing right now? And and who's behind the current rampage? Because we were seeing videos here, at least not in the mainstream media, but it was being passed around. And we saw one of your malls destroyed and it literally looked like a bomb hit it. What happened? Oh, Audrey, if we just had a bomb, it would have been a relief. 
if we'd had the RAF coming over with a thousand bomber raid, uh, dropping 14 tons apiece on the city of Durban, it would have been less destructive than this. You cannot begin to exaggerate the damage done. But let me just try and explain, because, uh, you know, I, I know these areas, I know these malls, I've got friends there, I'm getting first-hand reports, we're getting the pictures, and it's staggering. We're talking about eight factories burned to the ground, 11 warehouses burned to the ground, 200 shopping mall complexes totally looted. And when we say totally looted, we mean like nothing left on the shelves, everything looted out of it, some of the biggest stores and shopping centers imaginable. They say 50,000 businesses have been impacted. Oh my and 150,000 people have lost their jobs just in Durban alone. And the writing was all over KwaZulu-Natal, the whole province, and Kauteng, which is another major province. They, they say one and a half million people have lost their potential to earn an income as a result of this. Just to give you some idea of the destruction, 113 cell phone towers destroyed, 353,000 tons of sugarcane, tons, 350,000 oh tons of sugarcane burned by arson, which is hundreds of millions in lost revenue. And this is in the middle of the harvesting season, which has caused irrecoverable losses to cane growers and workers. And this, by the way, is the main source of sugar, not just for South Africa, but for a huge part of the world. So expect the price of sugar, any product that's got sugar in it, to go up very quickly. Um, the chief executive of the South African Property Owners Association calculates that the shopping malls and retail outlets that they are having as members have suffered in excess of 20 billion rands worth of damage. Now, that's well in excess of a billion dollars. Uh, of wow. damage just in the last 10 days. Wow. Billion dollars. Incredible. Uh, so uh, just, and, and it hasn't ended yet. Uh, just on Sunday uh, at Hammersdale in, near Durban, a cold storage facility, in fact, more like a mega warehouse, was set on fire. And as the police were escorting the fire brigade into the area, they came under stone throwing. So the police immediately fled so the fire brigade tried to continue thinking, you know, we're the fire brigade after all. Who's going to throw rocks at us? Well, they started to get rocks and firebombs thrown at them. So they fled with the Hammersdale fire continuing to rage as far as I know to this moment. So when they say that it's over, it's not over. We're hearing all kinds of disasters, the destruction. The, we had 1,400 automatic teller machines, you know, the ATM machines uh, looted. We had over 300 banks vandalized. You would have thought banks have got some security system. Yeah. Uh, didn't seem to work. Um, wow. Community radio stations vandalized to the extent of their laptops, microphones uh, stolen, and <laughs> even their transmitters smashed. Uh, what's that got to do with anything? Nothing. And <laughs> the, the death toll uh, is in the hundreds already. And they say most of the people who've died in this have been looters who've been stampeded to death by fellow looters, if you can imagine. Oh, my god. And goodness. then you've got the pharmacies. Now, pharmacies, uh, you know, for uh, legal drugs, for, for uh, medicines. So 90 pharmacies destroyed and looted beyond recovery, including not just everything on their shelves stolen, but their 
pharmacy computers with the entire patient record databases lost as a result. Oh, my god! Meaning hundreds of thousands of patients need to make appointments with their doctors, new prescriptions issued for chronic medication requirements, and they might die before uh, that happens because these pharmacies aren't allowed to issue medicines, assuming they had any on their shelves anyway, Mm. without uh, a doctor's prescription, which are now lost. You can... Just begin to imagine a ripple effects of this. And and when I mentioned the destructions, did I mention 50 schools? Oh 50 schools being looted and torched? So this is beyond comprehension, the destruction. Everything on the, shopping, uh, on the national roads, imagine these highways, burned out. Uh, in one area, 30 Pentechnican 18-wheeler delivery trucks. Delivery, whatever was on there, looted and then torched. And they're burning, and so nothing's able to go up and down. The biggest port city in in the whole of Southern Africa, which is Durban, one of the biggest in the whole continent, um, brought to a standstill. And uh, the main arteries of the country channeling aid, not just from Durban up to Johannesburg and Pretoria, but across the border up to Lusaka and other countries as well. Uh, it's It's immobile. This is, you know, imagine if your body has had a stroke, heart attack, um, blocked arteries, um, liver fails, the kidneys failed, everything fails. You know, this is life-threatening. And so people are saying, uh, of course, the liberal media is calling this unrest and protest. Can you believe it? Uh, I mean, if you've got an upset stomach, I'd call it unrest. But when they're burning and torching and looting Ooh, things, yeah. at what point do you use words like domestic terrorism and economic sabotage? Exactly. Who's behind? I mean, what, what provoked this? Well, okay. Uh, there's the official story, which I'm highly skeptical about. Um, and uh, then there's the truth. Uh, the official story is the previous president, Jacob Zuma, who was ANC president for, for uh, something like 10 years, and... Uh, he was, in fact, deputy president under under uh, Thabo Mbeki and under Nelson Mandela. So Jacob Zuma goes back a long way. He was one of uh, Nelson Mandela's uh, cronies and friends um, in, in the struggle years, as they called it, and uh, one of his close friends, in fact. That's why he chose him as one of his uh, deputy presidents. So uh, Jacob Zuma got arrested for corruption. Well, that's nothing new. You know, he's only stolen a few hundred million or so. Um, uh, as opposed to other people in the present government who've stolen billions and billions and probably trillions. Um, and so they put him on trial right now. And and because he's actually, for contempt of court, he's been jailed in some kind of facility, which is probably not a real prison, but still. Technically, he's, he's in uh, custody. And for this reason, the government's narrative right now is this is an attempted coup to remove this government by supporters of Jacob Zuma. Well, that's awfully convenient. And the narrative uh, means trust the government, uh, uh, who, by the way, totally failed to protect anyone and to anticipate this happening. You wonder what we have an intelligence agency for and what we have police and army for, because they weren't there doing anything to protect lives and property. Uh, Mm. They were... Uh, mobilizing for important things like making sure people wear masks and don't walk their dogs <laughs> or on the beach, you know, that sort of thing. And so this is up to private citizens to defend the lives and property. But I'm getting ahead of myself. You asked me the question, who's behind this? Well, according to the government, the people behind this are ANC officials who are part of including 
top senior leaders of our uh, state security agency, which is equivalent to your CIA. So they're accusing uh, uh, their own government that they say that uh, elements, rogue elements within the party and within the government and within the police and the army and within the state security agency, that's like the CIA, are the ones who've coordinated and orchestrated, and I'm using the words coordinated and orchestrated mm. these riots and looting sprees. And they say this is totally organized and they're putting all the blame on those elements of the African National Congress. They're the ruling party. They like your Democrats and, and Communist Party of USA combined, that sort of thing. And so according to the government, it's the ANC and the government themselves and the security apparatus are doing it, but they're rogue elements who are in allegiance with the previous president. Now, I don't know if you're beginning to see a picture here of this rings any bells, but um, it just seems to be an awfully interesting thing of, we just had an insurrection and what you need to do is give us more power that we can take away all your freedoms and have effective martial law. That's mm -hmm. what the uh, ANC government right now is proposing and they're claiming that they have evidence that this has been a deliberate attempt at um, regime change and an overthrow of the government and the rule of law and our democracy and all that sort of thing. Uh, which, um, but there's others around who are saying actually the evidence more indicates that the government themselves has orchestrated this to discredit the previous president. So what we're actually seeing is a civil war in South Africa between rival factions of the ruling party of the African National Congress. Oh, I see. Uh, does by any chance does Julius Malima, who by, by the way in a, was in a recent interview, was asked if he was calling for the killing of white people? And his answer was that he's not calling for the killing of white people for now, but he yes. doesn't know what the future holds. Does he have anything to do with this violence? Oh yes, no. He he's been pouring gasoline on the flames for a long time. He's a race baiter, race hater professional troublemaking and the thing is he talks about the poor like he's one of them but he is a multi-millionaire living in abject luxury uh, being driven around by chauffeurs and surrounded by security <gasps> really and, uh, <laughs> uh, he lives in in the richest estates he he literally uh, eats caviar off the body of some uh, professional prostitutes lying on the table there um, he will buy uh, hundreds of thousands of rands uh, bottles of champagne to drink and things like this. But he, he represents the poor. I mean, you understand. He's sort of like... Uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter. <laughs> champagne socialists? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, well, one of those sort of things. But I don't think Bernie Sanders would be so crass as this character. And so here you've got the champagne socialist uh, uh, who is endlessly getting people chanting and singing, kill, kill, kill. Kill the boor, kill the farmer, kill, 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 shoot to kill, shoot to kill. And you can actually uh, Google these things and get Malema leading chanting mobs of tens of thousands of people chanting shoot to kill and so on. And then he claims that this is just their culture and no, he's not inciting people to violence. But, you know, if you watch it, uh, you'd be forgiven for thinking he was inciting violence. Oh, my gosh. There is, is... It's just incredible the things that these people get away with, you know, because we see it here. And then you were mentioning 
uh, your, what would be comparable to CIA, but we have a problem with our FBI, which I believe I don't believe it needs to be abolished because they are turning against they've turned against the people here. So they're extremely yes. dangerous agency. Um, I, I, I want to jump over for um, a moment here because unfortunately the, the, the violence is going to continue because the world is ignoring it. Um, I want to talk um, in, in the past year and a half of great, we've watched and been victimized by medical tyranny and communists to control the population via medical lies. And sadly, they're still yes. doing so in various places. And, uh, despite the facts in science that have been revealed. Now, one place that is under the draconian thumb of Xi's CCP, um, thanks to their PM, uh, is New Zealand, of all places, which I can't believe I'm saying this, but can, can you tell us what's happening in New Zealand, which is now looking like 1984, where the PM is saying the government is to be the only source for truth concerning COVID and the deadly ex- experimental vaccines? <laughs> oh, yes, oh, my Audrey, you know, uh, when I looked at that video that you sent through, I thought it was a Babylon B joke. I thought this was some <laughs> kind of uh, charade. Oh, yeah. uh, and yet it's actually true. There is this New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, actually saying, you don't need to listen to anyone else. You can discount everything else. We, the government, are your single source for truth. You can trust us. We, the source, we'll tell you what's true. We'll tell you what's right and wrong. You don't oh need to goodness. just discount everything. And yeah, this really is welcome to George Orwell's 1984, the Ministry of Truth, Mini Truth. And honestly, uh, this is just beyond. Uh, I, I think that uh, Jacinda Ardern must be jealous of. Uh, uh, what's been done in Canada by Trudeau, the, the Justin Trudeau, <laughs> and uh, um, must be wanting to outdo him as who's the most outrageous uh, dictator in the Western world. Uh, because staggering, I've got friends in New Zealand, and in fact, 10% of the population of New Zealand are South Africans who have moved there, and South Africans who've moved there to get away from the violence and tyranny in South Africa have said, actually, there's less freedom in New Zealand than we had in South Africa. At least in South Africa, we had religious freedom and we could speak and we had freedom of opinion. Okay, it's more dangerous and violent in South Africa, but in New Zealand, they said, you're not allowed to have an alternative opinion. And the, for example, one of my friends as a teacher said, it's anathema to mention Jesus Christ in a polite way or in a positive way in schools. You cannot bring the Christian faith in unless you're attacking it uh, in, in a New Zealand school. And you know, in South Africa, we're able to do evangelistic crusades in our schools. And uh, wow. it's just staggering how New Zealand's got to this. But uh, New Zealand is going full out for mandatory vaccinations and uh, complete lockdown. And you're not allowed to dissent. You're not allowed to disagree. I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, Justin Trudeau must be jealous of what <laughs> uh, Jacinda Ardern has been accomplishing in the People's Democratic Republic of New Zealand. That's right. Because, you know, all those, uh, in, in, they still actually have some laws in Canada. Those gosh darn laws that get in the way of these dictators, they hate them. You know, like the Democrats hate our Constitution here. Yes. Uh, they have laws up there, and that's what's standing in the way of him just taking over. I have to wonder what in the world were New Zealanders thinking by putting this woman in, and how could they not know that she had these communist leanings? Leanings? I think she's <laughs> fallen off the edge. She's I don't think she's got left leanings. She's yeah. a full-blown communist in her whole mentality. It's staggering. 
Uh, and uh, have you noticed how uh, New Zealand seems to be in the pocket of the Communist Party of China? It's yes. staggering. Um, Nigel Farage has recently accused New Zealand of having sold their souls to the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, uh, many listeners may be aware that there's the Five Eyes um, uh, Intelligence Sharing Network, which includes Australia, New Zealand, the United States of America, Canada and the United Kingdom, which, coming from the close alliance in the Second World War, have this deep intelligence sharing agreement and uh, uh, where all the other members were seeing the greatest priority and the greatest threat right now to focus on is Red China. And New Zealand disagrees. New Zealand says they totally reject that. They see Red China as their most important trading partner and uncomfortable uh, with um, uh, looking at China as a problem, but would much rather seek for multilateral opportunities to express our interest on a number of issues. And you sort of wonder what can you have in common with a one-party dictatorship that shoots people in the head and forces people to have abortions and kills babies born uh, because they um, have this infanticide policy and uh, how they rode over 9,000 students with tanks uh, in Tiananmen Square back in 1989 and things like that. You know, what do we have to share with people who have millions in slave labor camps and uh, who are routinely harvesting organs out of uh, prisoners unwillingly uh, and camps yes. that, you know, if you want to get a spare kidney or whatever, you go to China and they'll whip one out of a suitable yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> unwilling donor uh, who they won't bother to sew up afterwards because they don't need to recover, do they? No. And this this kind of practice being done by Red China on every level, they break everything, every kind of copyright, ethical, democratic, what they're doing to crush skulls and break arms and bones in, in in Hong Kong with protesters who are just calling for their civil rights to be respected. Uh, and how can a country like New Zealand think that, oh, you know, Red China is just our friend? Uh, what do the poor people suffering in China think about people and governments yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, do you know if there's any pushback from the people in New Zealand? Sadly, um, I do know about people who will quietly express their frustrations uh, to their friends and family in South Africa, but uh, I don't know that it's considered acceptable to disagree with the New Zealand government there. I think the people live under reign of terror because anything you say can be construed as hate speech and they, they, wow. they will come down you. So it looks like people in New Zealand are afraid to speak out. And so they, they may think differently, but they can't exactly say differently My gosh. and uh, yeah. uh, it, it looks like you must conform because let's face it if uh, you've got Jacinda saying that there's only a single source of truth and we're it uh, then well what is hate speech hate hate speech <laughs> is uh, uh, what they call the truth that they hate and uh, truth is hate for those who hate the truth and right now in New Zealand you've got a George Orwellian 1984 mini truth government there who literally tell the people what they must believe and what they must do and, you know, just line up uh, for the jab and don't ask what's in it. Um, we know what's best for you. Yeah, at least you're seeing some protests in, in Canada. But this is, yeah, she, what this woman reminds me of, I mean, what are we going to see? People that disagree suddenly disappear or their family members suddenly disappear like they do in China? 
yeah, I don't know what's going to happen because the thing about New Zealand is it's very easy to quarantine. Uh, no one in, no one out. And that's yeah. the point. You're not allowed to leave New Zealand. You're not allowed to come into New Zealand. They've got complete control of people in there. And I think the idea is nobody cares what the rest of you think uh, yeah. because yeah. Um, you're all dissidents or vax hesitants or yeah. conspiracy theorists or whatever it is. But they've just basically nullified any criticism. I don't know how freedom can exist. I don't if you know either. Disagree with and criticize the state. Exactly. I just, as a matter of fact, just today I noticed that one of those in the government there might have been the health minister, saying that we know you like to say hello to your neighbors and and chat, but don't do that. In other words, now you can't talk to your neighbor. You, you don't don't even smile at them because you might have a discussion and then you can spread the virus. So now they're trying to separate people so they can't eat. They're just they're j- jumping ahead to make sure that they can't even do what we did in this country where, where we fought independence. Everyone spoke in, in you know, which were, were like pubs and they got together and this is where they organized. Uh, they don't want you talking to your neighbors. I mean, they're, they're, you're going to have a full-blown crisis, mental health crisis there if hmm. they don't already because of the isolation. But now they, they, they I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing that you shouldn't be even saying when you go to get your groceries, don't say hello, don't don't even smile at your neighbor because then you might be tempted to talk and you don't want to talk because then you can spread. I'm like, yes, what? I mean, can you imagine Audrey obeying something like that? All the people <laughs> you know in America obeying that, that you're not allowed to talk to your neighbor, you can't leave the country, you can't disagree with the government. You know, what is that? That sounds awfully close to 1984 big brothers watching over you kind of thing or in this case big sister yeah big sister i know these are all women too this is where i'm like wow what happened new zealand uh, thank god my friend and he has a lot of wisdom my my good friend uh, trevor loudon left there a while ago um he lives here as a matter of fact he's in the free estate he lives in florida now uh and he had been telling us what was going on there and that they you know the they, they don't have guns so Gee, what a surprise. So the people can't defend themselves, and there it is. I thought he was exaggerating at one point, and, uh, it, but unfortunately, time has borne him out. Uh, what they've got in New Zealand is a very close state, and it just shows that the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. You can never sit back and assume that everything is safe. Yeah. It just shows how quickly this can come too, because New Zealand was one of the freer places in the world not that long ago, yeah. but the people lost their vigilance, and as a result, it looks like they've lost their freedom. Yes, they have, and it can happen that quickly, and that's what America now is suddenly, I mean, we have a we have about a quarter of the people who are out of their minds, uh, but the rest are starting to wake up to see that, my gosh, we didn't do our part to, to stand, uh, you know, in the gap against, uh, you know, tyranny. And now tyranny has come upon us. So now the pushback begins. Of course, the difference with our country is thank God for the founders that gave us the Second Amendment. Because um, that's, that's the, probably the only thing that's keeping the Biden regime from, uh, you know, coming after us as they like to or forcing us to take, you know, vaccinations and such that we have a lot of uh, millions upon millions of very um, well, (laughs) let's put it this way, we're responsible gun owners and we know how to use our weapons. So, uh, and and that's for, that is to protect the people from a tyrannical government. Voila, here we are. 
Yes, well, I think uh, those people who were fans of the Lord of the Rings books or films, um, who are well aware of the fact that New Zealand's where they filmed most of the Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, we need to remind them that the land of the hobbits has been taken over by the orcs. <laughs> and uh, right. Uh, right now, um, you're not allowed to be a hobbit and you're not allowed to disagree with the orcs. And uh, that's <laughs> just what's going on. It just shows why it's so important for you to keep your freedoms and uh, keep your swords sharp. Yes, exactly. Peter, where can listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? Thank you. Yes, if you visit www.frontlinemissionsa.org, I've got an update on the communist chaos and the criminal opportunism, fueling rights in South Africa. It's just staggering, and I keep adding pictures and updating the statistics because it's an ongoing crisis. Uh, so, because I know that the lamestream media is definitely not giving you much on this on South Africa, so um, you'll see on frontlinemissionsa.org. Uh, updates on it, pictures on it, and we're trying to keep uh, linked. If a person wants to contact us, it's mission at frontline.org.za. Excellent. And it's an incredible source of, of information that you're not going to get here. Uh, sadly, you're not going to get it here at all. But thank God for um, Peter Howens and Frontline. So, um, as and as always, I'll have these links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the on air button right under the show description. You'll find all the links and info to follow Peter's work. Thanks so much, Peter, again, for taking the time to share your uh, brilliant assessments with us. We look forward to your return to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Amen. 